I am Jen Wilson, author and body, mind and soul coach. Welcome to the I Am podcast, where we explore who you are. Hello, it's Jen from I Am Jen Wilson podcast and I'm back. I took a few weeks off, um, partly because I hadn't lined up any to chat to and partly because my brain was not in a space that I could listen. My When you record podcasts, especially when you're doing them as an interview with somebody, you need to listen to what it is that you're saying. So there, not me. Uh, oh, the words, come on. This is why I haven't been doing podcasts for a while. Um, you have to listen to what it is people are saying so that you can engage in the conversation. And I just did not have the energy or the brain space to do that for a while. So I took a little bit of time off, which is always good because it means that you get to catch up on some of the older episodes that you've maybe been thinking, oh, I want to listen to that, but time flies away from you and you don't always get to catch up. So now you have had your chance to catch up until the next time I take a break. Anyway, today's guest, I have Mary Murray, who is somebody I follow on Instagram. I also saw her speak at the TEDx Cumbernauld Women event back was at the end of 2019, start of 2020, who knows, can't remember, it was winter, it was pre any of this COVID lockdown carry on. Um, So I've been following Mary for a while on social media in a way and she posted something and I was just like, oh, we need to have a chat. I just love the way that she delivers information. So I've put her TEDx talk and also the link to her Instagram account, which we talk about during today's chat, um, into the show notes. So definitely check that out. But if you're just going to Google her, she's Mary with an M-H. So she's M-H-A-I-R-I, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y. You'll find her on Instagram and also on the YouTube. So check that out. Um, As always, if you love the show, pop on to wherever it is that you listen to give us some positive feedback share it with anybody who you feel needs to hear what it is that Mary says um enjoy the show and as always I greatly appreciate your attendance and your ears and your time so until next time so today's podcast I have Mary Murray Hi. Hello. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am very good as well, thank you. Yes. I've got a, I've got a creak in my neck, actually. And you think, I live with somebody who's a massage therapist, you think I should never have a creak in my neck. But that's not the case. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is sore. And it goes, rubs it for two seconds and then leaves. <laughs> well, it's not fixed yet. It's not fixed yet. <laughs> ongoing that you will need to get fixed by him then you'll just need yes. to get yeah. fixed <laughs> need to start demanding it <laughs> <laughs> correct so a place I always like to start with any guests is for you to introduce yourself to the world who you are what it is that you do in this crazy planet 
Okay, well, I am Barry Murray. I am an ex-banker. My career was in banking. Uh, I was there for 19 years and I was your typical career girl, high flyer, uh, senior bank manager at the time on the succession plan for local director in Scotland. The bank had been my life. However, um, it was killing my soul. The stress mm. of banking, high uh, profile type job just eventually started to eat away at me and I suppose if you want to label it stress you know I'm fine with that but I feel it was even more than that it was just absolutely everything about it I had Lola when I was 38 and my husband and I had always agreed that we would try and both go back to work um, and get childcare, etc etc Childcare wasn't really working out but if I was to say that was the reason, that would just be an excuse. That was not the reason that I walked out. The job was killing my soul. So the support that I got when I went back after um, maternity leave was pretty, you know, grim, to be honest. And I just walked. I walked out. And after 19 years, I was in the east end of Glasgow. I was managing Duke Street, Ridgery and Forge um, branches in Banky Scotland and I was the talk of the place everybody was talking about it nobody does that nobody walks out you know they've like stolen a million quid at the bank <laughs> but I'm like listen there is more to life than the bank there is more to life than being totally um, institutionalized by an organization which I absolutely was for a long time and it was a massive part of my life um, you know I'm very grateful for the learnings and the experience and the people that I met at the bank it was brilliant you know it was amazing um, but it just wasn't for me after a certain point in time in my life so I walked out so my husband, I mean, that wasn't, it wasn't actually easy to do that. Um, you know, financially, my husband and I had to reevaluate everything. We had yeah. to, you know, work out how we would even pay the mortgage. Any savings that we had went into the mortgage just so that we could stay here and live affordably. Yeah. Um, I, it was tight for the first couple of years. Um, I took a year out after that. Uh, just really probably to um, just get myself together. It's probably the easiest way to describe it. When I look back, I think I did probably have postnatal depression as well on top of that and then going back to work. Um, I was never diagnosed with it, but I do think that I did. In fact, I actually think that most women probably experience it to some degree. I think maybe some people get it worse than others. I don't know. Again, just my opinion. I do think that I had it. Um, so uh, yeah I took a year out and then my husband's business grew a wee bit and I am a director for his uh, with him and his business so I do he does the practical stuff and I do all the office-based work um, but that kind of I do that I can do that anytime I can do that in my own time I can do it at night time when Lola's in bed I can do it when she's at school and as time went on I thought to myself I feel like I've got more to offer than just doing this uh, part of the business. So um, I just used my skills and branched out a wee bit and did a wee bit of coaching, business and 
um, mindset coaching, just all the stuff that I had picked up myself from experience over the years at the bank um, and applied that to doing a bit of self-employed work. And I still do that. I just don't advertise it because people that know me know what my background is anyway. So if they want my help, that's fine. Um, and then it's just kind of, I've met and networked with loads of people from there and got involved in lots of different types of stuff. So I still work for, you know, the business that my husband and I have, but also anything that kind of comes my way like this, you know, um, I, I, I make a, de a decision um, or a judgment on it and I either do it or I don't. And something that has kind of taken off a wee bit, I'm not a big blogger by any stretch of the imagination, but I've got a small following on Instagram. It has brought me a couple of opportunities. So I have been, I don't know if you've seen the work that I've been doing with Laura Porter. I had the Femi wand done, which is the vaginal type. Yes. So <laughs> that was all through Instagram. In fact, I'm going to see Laura again tomorrow. So I'll be talking more about the treatments and stuff that Laura offers. So things have come to me because of that. And... I don't, I used to always think about, you know, having goals. And when I was a career girl, that was what drove me was having goals. But I kind of took a step back for that, Jen, because I realised that having goals makes you feel like you're always aiming for something and you're never happy till you've achieved that, right? And suddenly I thought to myself, I don't want to be this person anymore. I don't, it's not that I don't want goals because my goal now is to live every day in the moment. If something comes my way, I either seize it or I don't, right? So now I've kind of, I've changed my mindset with that um, because I feel to live with goals all the time is always striving for something that's better than you believe that you are right now and therefore has this negative impact on your mindset. Again, that's just my opinion, but through my <laughs> that's how I feel. That's how it makes yeah. me feel. But see, since I've let go, and this has happened just during COVID, see, since I have let go of goals, honestly, I feel a huge weight off my shoulders. I feel totally relieved about it. And I feel like opportunities are kind of coming now. The more that I'm like, ah, oh, no, I'm not bothered, whatever, whatever. You know, <laughs> you know, things are starting, which is just a bit unbelievable. So the Instagram has taken a, a stronger path than it had before. But I think for me, um, Instagram was always about being as real as I could be like I've got this real passion about whatever I put out on Instagram has to be exactly how I'm feeling or what's going on or whatever because these like mummy accounts especially that that post peachy coloured pictures I call them the peaches <laughs> um, you know every colour's got every photo on their grid has got that peach um, filter on it which yeah. each to their own each to their own but that doesn't make me feel good I look at these accounts and go right my wain's fucking driving me banana <laughs> and I'm looking at your grid and that's not happening in your life you know it's <laughs> a normal to, to respond like that is normal for the brain the human brain to do that so rather than 
waste my energy reasoning with Bell. No, that's just what you're putting out. I just don't follow these accounts. I'm just like, no, just yeah. you do and I'll do mine. But it makes me really passionate because I think mental health issues, I mean, we've got COVID thrown into this now as well, uh, which yeah. makes it worse. But a lot of mental health issues are based on what your brain is being exposed to, which half the time is bullshit, utter yes. bullshit. For me, I, I feel really passionate. And for women as well, of my age, you know, I'm 46, nearly 47. I think it's really important that there, there are people out there that are telling it how it is and talk about how they feel and what's really going on and stuff like that. So that's always been my passion. So that when, like take Laura, for example, when Laura Porter and I first chatted, I knew... I had nothing to explain. I knew that what Laura sees is exactly who I am. I don't need to say, oh, well, but, 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 you know, yeah. it's what you see is what you get. So it's fine to, to do any sort of work that might come my way. So I just feel really passionate about that, especially for mental health, that you, it's much better to convey the real issues of life and who you are than some, you know, pretty grid picture. When I look at the the pretty grid pictures, I always just think, how have you got the time and the brain space to do that? (laughs) I'm like, I'm lucky if I remember to post stuff and I'm like, oh, here's some pictures of my pancakes that I'm making this morning. Here's some pictures of this. But then people look at me, they'll say to me, God, you're so organised in life. And I'm like, clearly I'm not showing this story correctly because organised is not something I do. No, and the thing is, you're absolutely that. You can only do your best. You can only put out what you believe as you. You're not putting any perception on it that, that you believe you are. But yeah. you'll always that you'll always get people like I get all the time people saying to me, "You are so confident. I wish I had the balls that you had to say X, Y, and Z." Now, I. I don't, ironically, I don't see myself as a confident person. I suffered really badly from childhood anxiety. And in my mind, like childhood anxiety is a bit like having like an an addiction problem. That's the only way I can describe it. As in what I mean by that is it's always there. You never completely rid yourself of it. It's always there. So what you learn to do if you want to, is manage it. Now, I've never any drugs or anything like that. Again, um, I'm all for drugs. You know, if if a pill saves somebody's life, I'm 100% for it. So it's not that I'm against taking tablets. It's just that my choice was not to do that. I have been offered them, but I I, I choose to do it a different way. I do like CBT and stuff like that. But anyway, um, you know, it's always there. That anxiety is always there. Um, and it is just managing it. So to me, I'm just, if I'm putting myself out there, it's because I've managed it to a level that I feel comfortable that I can do that. And my life is constantly like that. So yeah. but like you say, people say things like, oh, you're so confident. And I'm like, well, no, actually, no, I'm not. <laughs> you know, that's what, Yeah, that's, you've done the work to get there. Just, and it's ongoing, it's always yes. there. Um, so, I uh, you, you also can't control what uh, somebody else's perception of you is. Like, two people can look at a picture or watch a video and take completely different things away from it or see it through completely opposing 
views depending on what their personal history is, what the narrative is they're on in their head. So somebody might look at that and be like, man, she's a pure boot. And then somebody <laughs> else is like that, oh my God, she's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and you do get them. I mean, you get the ones that say, you know, pure and they're the ones that you go all right fine move on let's move on well you know you don't follow me i'll not follow you it's fine that's yeah. totally well as i say, only and they say this to lowland school they tell the kids this you can only do your best if you know you're doing your best there's nothing else that you can do you can't control what people think though you know it's you can't make everybody like you and you have to accept that so but I just do my best to be as um, honest as I can be. And I think that's it. That's all you can do. So that just kind of explains the Instagram thing. And it is a part of my life now. But I don't go about calling myself a vlogger. I, I'm a pure stickler. Are you not an influencer then? <laughs> and I hate that word. My God, it's like so subjective. I think, how can call somebody an influencer they're only an influencer if the person is being uh, that's watching it is being influenced by what they're saying but no everybody is influenced by them you know I just think yeah. it's very subjective but I'm, I'm a real stickler for labels I just hate labels it's like you know call me an influencer and that's that's it that's what I am I can't be anything else and I just think no I'm a money more just <laughs> That's what I am. I'm not one of these people that comes on giving it all on that way. And look at her, she's so beautiful. It's so bad. I know that sounds so bad, but I'm just not that type of person. But And then people say to me, if I get messages after a picture of Lola that I've posted in stories, message me saying, oh, she's so beautiful. I just think, is she? Is she, right? Because she's a pure wee bastard, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I just do my think my wayne's beautiful obviously every more thinks that wayne's beautiful it's just not the forefront of your mind when she's has <laughs> um, so i try to be as honest as i can be so right now i'm continuing to do what i'm doing on a daily basis i, I usually put something out content uh on my <laughs> day. i call it content but it's really just my life it's nothing spectacular. Yeah. um and I just keep going. I just think every day I just go, I, I just put out what I'm putting out. I do what I'm doing um, with my job and that's it. I just live life in the moment. What I would say is that I'm very lucky that I can do that. I know that. I know that I'm privileged um, in the situation that I'm in. So I don't want people out there thinking, oh, look at her. It's all right for her. She can do that. Yeah, I'm fully aware that I'm very privileged in the lifestyle that I'm allowed to lead. But the other thing that I will say is with my husband being self-employed, under the current circumstances, that could all change in a heartbeat. And I'm very aware of that as well. So currently, everything's hunky-dory. Until <laughs> I will deal with it. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think that your um, aversions, maybe the, I don't know if that's the right word, to not having labels comes from having been so identified with your career in the past that now that you've realised that having that identity previously isn't useful presently? Um, maybe. I think it's deeper than that, but I'll come back mm -hmm. to that. I'll answer that question first because I've got a wee story about that. When okay. I was a bank manager in Edinburgh West, which is Kerstorf, and I managed the branches in Kerstorf, which is a very 
kind of, the only way to describe it is a well-to-do area. Now, my background is I'm a council wean. I lived in a scheme. My mum's house was rented. We played in the streets. Nobody gave a fuck about your safety because you were safe on the streets. You know, it was just, okay. that's the kind of upbringing that I had. So, you know, that's who I am. But I was... Uh, managing the branches in Kersoff, and like I say, very well to do area. You know, Chris Hoy was one of our customers um, before he moved to Manchester. But um, this gentleman came in one day and said to one of my colleagues, they had a problem, I can't even remember what it was, but he said, I demand to speak to the manager. I want to speak to the manager. Now, that happened quite regularly. That was nothing, no big deal. But as I approached him, you know, and you're holding your hand out to greet him and introducing yourself, I'm Mary, um, I'm the manager. He went, oh, eh, I asked for the manager. I didn't realise it was a manageress. <laughs> right, okay. Well, we'll just put aside your draconian ideas for the minute. And you can tell me what your problem is. And that's just a perfect example of how a label can conjure up the wrong idea in somebody's mm -hmm. mind. That's my issue with labels. It's just like yeah. everyone's got a different image of what that label is. But then I suppose you could say that about every opinion in everybody's mind. You know, that that is yeah. the case. So, yeah, whilst when I was in my, my job, yeah, I was totally driven by labels as well, Jen, actually, and that's a fair yeah. point. You know, I wanted to be the, the senior bank advisor, the senior manager, the manager, the local director. I wanted all those titles and labels because that, yeah. and, I, and I'm no embarrassed to admit it because it was how I felt at the time, that in my mind defines success. That was like, if I get that, I'm fucking pure banging. I'm, yeah. that's, I've reached the dream. Until yeah. I that that wasn't what gave you happiness so no I don't think that is the reason though that I've got an issue with labels it probably just adds to it yeah. um I think the reason I've got issues with labels is because I was brought up in your typical central Scotland wee village uh, mining village um and you know, a spade was a spade and nobody was above their station because they weren't allowed to be above their station. And therefore, yeah. nobody got a label because you were, you know, it was just, you only got a label if you were a snob or you were rich. And yeah. my, my gran would constantly, you know, have something to say about somebody that had money. That's what they would say. You know, that's the, yeah. the phrase that my it's like ah, she's got money she thinks she's better than everybody else you know it was a it was a bad thing and it's a typical I think Scottish deep-rooted cultural thing that you're mm. you're, you're kind of brainwashed and that's not really the best phrase to use for it but you're conditioned to think that you're not allowed to think highly of yourself or you know brag if you like bragging was a bad thing. Yeah. and I think that my sort of aversion to labels comes for that you know and, and somebody said to me and I know that I need to work on it because it's no right because some people want a label and that's different I totally respect that if you want the label of like I follow accounts that use labels like queer and um you know they he, they uh, you know they instead of her or he she, yeah, she, yeah. that and I'm totally I, I think that's great. That's, you know, their 
liberty allows them to do that and I totally agree with that you you live your life the way that you want to so for me I need to get my head around this labels thing because you can't be against somebody who chooses to have that label because that's their choice and you need to respect it so there is that side of it as well you know I need to learn to accept labels a bit more because some people want to have that label and that's their their freedom of choice yeah. you know have it so, but I do think it comes with that typical mining village, central Scotland scheme upbringing. I think that's where yeah. it comes. So how did you break out of that then? How did you basically put two fingers up to it and go, I'm, I'm going to do something different? Um, right. Well, the first thing <laughs> that happened was when I was 14, my mum remarried um, my stepdad. She'd been with him since I was six anyway, my mum and dad. You were at Ted, weren't you? So yes, yes, in your Ted talk, yep. Story previous to that. So my mum met my stepdad when I was six and he was from Livingston originally. And my mum moved us eventually when I was 14, which was a brutal time to move school. I was in like mm. fun you know at that pubescent stage and you know really it was it was grim I refused to go at first actually I said I'm staying with my gran <laughs> I wasn't going to go but anyway even my gran talked me into going so we moved to Livingston and I'd say that was the big factor in changing everything for me because we were just outside Edinburgh then it was like you know the cosmopolitan life and it really was like Hart Hill yeah. was from and the difference between Hart Hill and Livingston was night and day. Yeah. Um, just amazing um, to live that kind of way. And it was near like the villagey um, outlook and, you know, people didn't behave the way that people behave in a village where everybody knows everybody in your business. You're just not allowed to be anything. And it just went from there when I left school, went to college um, I got a job in the bank and I just worked my way up through the bank. But I think because of my childhood, like I've had, I'm a, a survivor, if you like, of adverse childhood experience. I think because my mum had to struggle and survive as a result, I think that put the fight in me. I then became of a fighter. So it was like, when I started off in the bank and I could see the bank was very much for progressing people. If you worked hard, you were rewarded. It was as simple as that. So yeah. I see that and I was like, all oh, right, so if I fight for this, when I say fight, all I mean is work hard. Although yeah. it is man's world. So there is a certain element of, you know, you are fighting against certain draconian ideas, but um, I thought if I fight for this I'm going to get to where I want to be and the other thing is belief I did believe that I was worthy of it and even although I had I have these anxiety issues which always questions your you know um, belief if you like I did, deep down I did believe that if anybody was good enough then so was I do you know what I mean um, yeah. so I just always kept kept fighting and fighting and fighting to get to the next level but again I realized that you know that I you know constantly trying to achieve dreams didn't really bring you happiness did you? Yeah. so one big huge circle of life that brought me to where I am now but yeah I do think that gave me the fight though the, the experiences in childhood gave me the the fight to become better than what what I thought I, you know should be yeah 
Yeah, so for anybody that's like, what was our childhood? I'll put the link to your TEDx talk in the show notes for it so that people can easily find it and then go and catch up with that be part of your story. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, My TEDx is not actually currently in my Instagram bio because I'm working with Kat and the You're All Right team to raise £10,000 for Chrissy's house. So it's actually the chat that's in my bio but once we do that I'll go back to having my link tree and it will be there but yeah you can google it just google Mary Murray TED Talk and it's there but yeah um I what was I saying there I so that that's kind of I think where that came from the whole childhood experience thing yeah and then where did your new I'm going to call it a new mindset it's probably the mindset's always been there but this desire to be more more present in the moment did you have like any specific a book that you read or a teacher or a mentor or somebody that showed you that there was this more present way to be well kind of I think I'm very much um in a self-development and well obviously I am the bank we're big on it as well you know I'm spending 19 years in the bank they taught me loads of invaluable stuff um but I've always been in a personal development and self-development. And you can't see here, but on this side of the office, this is our home office, my bookshelf is here with all my books in it, like that, um, a treasure. Like, I, I read books and I maybe don't think they're that great. And I usually just pass them on and say, well, you have this book because, you know, maybe do something for you. It didn't really help me. But the ones that I really treasure, I keep because I like to go back to them. Um funny because my coach and I'll tell you about him in a minute he he would say that you know stick to two or three books you don't need to read the entire um library of self-development books that's out there if you find two or three books that really resonate with you keep going back to them keep rereading them or highlighting really impact you and go back to it because is that if that's what you need that's what you need you found it um so I do a lot in my own personal development and it's always ongoing and I'm reading the book just now. It's not actually, I don't think it's sitting here. It must be upstairs by my bed. Um, it's the, the girl that wrote, is it How Not To Give A Fuck or something? But this one is... That's the, the Sarah Knight. Yes, Sarah yeah, Knight. Yeah. Oh. So I read that book and I was just like, mm, that's not for me. So I'm it's one of those books, yeah. One funny you should say that I'm reading the second one and somebody messaged me I keep saying that I'm reading it how it's I can't even remember what it's called it's maybe how not to give a fuck or something I don't know anyway it's the second one and what keeps me reading it is that she's a good writer not the information that she's given it's actually I like the type of person she is I like that she knows how to write a book and that she's actually in herself quite funny and witty so that's why I've continued reading it but it's funny you should say that because somebody messaged me last week it was on my stories saying would you recommend this book and I was like you know there's nothing in it that I've gone oh that's a bold moment or whatever there's nothing in it that does that for me but why I keep reading it is actually quite like the lassie and she talks about her mental health as well um which I really like so that was why I kept reading it, Jen, but I yeah. totally there's nothing in that book. Like, that's a book I won't keep in my bookshelf. That I'll pass that uh-huh. on. on. So I'll give that to somebody. But, I mean, I've read my favourite books. Um, I'm going to get one out and show you it now, actually. There's two. I'll give you my favourite book. Um, 
quick to find it. Aye. The very first, the very, very first self-development book that I read was, and people already this, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale yes. Carnegie. I read that um, right at the start of my banking career. So that, you know, you were asking where did the fight come from? The inbuilt natural um, attitude that I had from my childhood combined with stuff like this, I would say yeah. probably is the, the, is the mixture that goes into my life. Um, I didn't read The Secret, right? But I've got the magic. And again, that's no rocket science, I don't think. But that's a good book, just as a wee reminder, I think. Just to remind you who the fuck you are. That's the best yeah. way to put it. That book makes me feel like that. I'd be like, yeah. right, I'll just read whatever page and a good thing to do if you're needing an instant lift and you're feeling a bit crap open the book at any page and just read it just read that page you know these wee things and tips and whatever stuff that yeah. I've learned today. Um, and obviously I mentioned before about CBT um, as well and I keep this book the CBT handbook in my shelf as well and I use yeah. tap I'm a massive fan of tapping because I've Brilliant. done research as to how it works and how the vibrations throughout your body calm you down. And for me, it works. I know this kind of stuff doesn't work for everybody. I totally appreciate that. Um, but for me, that's what works. So I do like reading self-development books. And if somebody recommends one to me, the chances are I will get it and have a read it. But I find very few of them actually do something for me. Like, so that's three that do. And, yeah. you know, he isn't really a self-development um, book, although maybe it is. I don't know what CBT's class does, but um, these are the things that work for me. But also, I don't know if you've heard of Jack Black, not the actor, Jack Mindstore. Yes. Right. Yes. So Jack is actually my coach, but the way that, and I've known Jack for, 25 years anyway at least and again I was introduced to him through the bank because he was one of our speakers at one of our conferences um, and I was just a wee what I would say a wee lassie you know early <laughs> a bit daft just starting out and it totally resonated with me so to cut a long story short I hooked back up with Jack just maybe two or three years ago because I felt like I was in a bit of a rut within my life. And I still class Jack as if I was needing coaching, that's where I'd go, I'd go back to Jack. So I've had a one-to-one -one session with Jack. And Jack's view is that um, you still only ever need that one with him. Um, and then what you can do is continually follow him on social media um, and on his platforms and, you know, comment, blah, 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 whatever, interact with him. And I kind of believe that with Jack, for myself anyway, personally. Yeah. It's like, I've had that session with him. It wasn't cheap. I got it as a gift. And it's I just keep it going by continually just drop tapping in and tapping out of his uh, content that he puts on social media. The good thing about Jack is once you're one of his... Um, people for want a better phrase you've got that access to him you can message him he'll message you back you know yeah nobody ever seems to abuse it because he's you know jack's a multi-millionaire he's he, he, he's somebody that doesn't need to work so nobody abuses it 
um, as far as I know, he says that himself. So he's the guy that kind of, I suppose, kept me on track a few years ago when I felt like I was just losing the plot, basically, which still happens. But now I have the tools <laughs> that I can go to when I feel like that. Um, and it's not that I don't feel like that. I do feel like that. And COVID's been horrific for that. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of a huge, big, long-winded answer. As to <laughs> <laughs> um, mindset no, stuff. I think it's interesting what you're saying about the, the books because there are so many self-help personal development books out there. And if you read all of them, eventually, very quickly, you'll get to a point where they're all saying the same thing, but just with different stories surrounding it. So you want to find somebody who you connect with their personality or you like their style of writing or you find funny or whatever. But brilliant, go read the book, but you actually need to go and take action on it. Yeah. you need to, because I remember I wrote a book a couple of years ago and one of the, the comments on Amazon, one of the feedbacks was, there's nothing new in here. And I was so tempted to write back to her and I didn't. But I was like, there's nothing new in any of the books. If you're just reading every single book, yes, you're going to be disappointed because there's nothing new in any of them. I totally agree with you. And it's funny you should say that because Jack Black says that as well. He will always say that. There is nothing new about what he teaches. He didn't yeah. invent it. He just teaches it. Jack's very big on meditation. He introduced me to meditation, actually. Um, and I also swear by that. If you can sit with yourself for even minutes, you know, I'm not one of these people that preaches it or preaches that you should sit with your legs crossed and facing south and, you know, in the Buddha. <laughs> That's no, it's, it took me a while to understand what meditation is and actually it means something different to every person. But um, as soon as I engaged with that, that made a big difference to me as well, the meditating Oh, I do do that every day, even if it's just for a few minutes, because it makes such a difference and it helps your physical health as well. Um, so I, I totally agree with you, none of it. And see if you're, you're reading every book, I would kind of say there's another question that needs answered there. You know, you're looking for something that's yeah. out with you because it is in here you know that's the, the, the where you need to start the change from um again speaking for experience I know that I know that every issue that goes on is me and if I'm annoyed at something and even the you know I'm having a rant about having to take Lola for a COVID test I know that's all down to how I'm responding to it and the media how they're reporting it I know the problem's me and not actually them because it's how I'm responding to it. I know all of that. But I also know that to have passion and show your passion is, is um, a good uh, mentality to have as well because it gets that energy out and you know it makes you feel better as soon as you do it. So you know I'm very mindful not to be critical of any way that anybody reacts to anything because it's all good and healthy. It's worse if you bottle it up and then end up with other kinds of issues, which we're all Mm. trying to avoid, all of us in the current, you know, global situation. Yeah, totally. I was talking to somebody 
I think it was Chris's sister, we were having a conversation, we were talking about stuff that was going on in the world, and I was just laughing about it, and she's like, that, thank God somebody else is laughing about this, you know, because everybody I speak to is on the verge of having a mental breakdown yeah. about it, and I'm like, if you don't laugh about it, that's that's the alternative, like, you yeah. work yourself up so much, so you just have to at one point go, do you know what, there's loads of this that's not in my control, I need to control me, because that's the only thing I have control of, and work out how we pan out the rest somehow yeah I totally agree with you I mean first as I said Keith's um, self-employed which means I'm self-employed we we were getting or we are getting very little support from the government so if we hadn't had any money sitting in the bank and I don't even want to use the word savings because it wasn't really it, it, you know it's just a wee bit of a comfort blanket um, we would have been fucked to be honest that's the honest truth and um, so first three and still that could happen for the first three weeks I was extremely st- stressed off the scale I felt extremely anxious about it no sleeping no eating whatever and yeah until I had that um you know light bulb moment of unless I simmer the fuck down I'm going to yeah. be like for yeah. months um, because we can't control it so yeah I, I had that um, and that's just the situation I believe I'm in now same as what you're saying there is nothing absolutely zero that I can do to control where this is going and what is for me is going to happen anyway you know if I'm to sell my house and move into something different smaller rear whatever um, then that'll just need to happen uh, that's it it's not that it's not actually the end of the world so yeah. but as you know I know that it's a worry but I do just try to accept that what's going to happen is going to happen yeah we just need to be able to find a way to to ride the wave aye surf the waves I say which is a more you're doing on the daily anyway <laughs> I think I'm not a mum but I think everybody is, whatever your wave is, it's your wave, it's completely unique to you and you need to work out the best way for you personally to deal with it and if that's having a meltdown, go have your meltdown, if it's laughing about it, laugh about it, if it's crying about it, cry about it, but don't beat yourself up about it and notice how you're reacting and responding to things and check in with yourself, is that the right, is that the way that I want to to present myself in the world is that how I want to deal with this and yeah. that's when you can start to look at making change if you're doing something away that you don't want to do it yeah no I know I totally that's my postman just coming um I totally agree with you all four people doing exactly what's right for them and what makes them feel better and you know just to say about social media again if somebody isn't making you feel good and I say this even about myself you know because I'm not everybody's cup of tea we've established that just (laughs) follow them I do it just unfollow and it's nothing really personal you know it's just like no you're no for me that's I'm done with this and whatever but also limiting your scrolling is a big thing I think as well you know if you're spending loads of time just on your phone and you're scrolling it's you know I don't think people really appreciate how that impacts your brain you know you might think you might look at something and think to yourself oh, I'm no bothered about that and scroll past but actually subconsciously you don't know what the fuck is going on in there this thing yeah. 
mental. It's just, it works in weird ways. Um, just don't expose your mind to it at all. Um, that was a book I read, actually. I talk about that in my um, TED Talk, the, uh, what is it called, where the brain waves, neuroplasticity. Um, at my TED Talk, because that's another big thing. CBT is a form of that neuroplasticity. Um, but I'm a huge, huge fan of that. And that explains... Um, how the neurons in your brain connect to give you the thoughts, feelings and actions that all are produced by you as a human and it makes you realise that whatever you expose your mind to, whether you consciously think to yourself, I'm not bothered about that or not, does not determine what your subconscious thinks or feels about it. Like It's, it's so interesting. Yeah. Um, that was a big turning point for me, actually, um, understanding how the brain is wired, you know, and understanding that I, I wasn't this label of the council when with very little prospects or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, when you read about how the brain actually works and all our brains are exactly the same, you kind of develop an understanding of why nobody or, um, you know, any walk of life is better than you because they're not, you know, we are all the same. Um, but yeah, I should have said that when you asked me about books. It's just because that's CBT, how is neuroplasticity, and that's what I think of with that. But yeah, the brain is just unbelievable. When I say the brain, I'm talking about the mind. But they don't even know where the mind sits within the brain, but they know it's in there, <laughs> hopefully. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's to read about that sort of stuff is just incredible um but yeah you're right you have to you have to do what's right for you i'm all for that as well you know respect yeah. who you doesn't matter what anybody else is doing and that comparing yourself thing is a huge thing and i know we all say don't compare yourself don't do it don't do it and that's absolutely right but it's natural to do that so then just limit what you're exposing your mind to so that you're doing it as, you know, least as possible or as, as um, you know, as a minimum um, reaction as possible. That whole, get rid of it, just get rid of it if it's affecting you. And I've heard somebody saying, yeah, but then you're just curating your feed to be your opinion. You're not hearing the opinions of others. And I'm like, fucking fine by me. That's fine. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not bothered. If you've not got my opinion, see you later. <laughs> no, that's but, it. But then social media, the way social media manipulate the algorithm anyway, so that it doesn't matter who you follow, if you like certain things or say certain things, their algorithm then connects you with more people and more opinions and more things that either are in your spectrum or so polar opposite that are going to get a reaction. So if you th if you think that you're you're um, you're curating what it is that you think by your social media by you, what you choose to like. Social media are gonna do that for you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if you just look at something you're like, oh that's interesting, they've got a different opinion from me. But if you don't like it, comment or anything where you have more tendency to do on stuff that you really like or stuff that makes you infuriated, um, then you're not getting a nice balance anyway. So yeah. it's, I know I'm not sitting here saying anybody that's a different opinion to me gets hacked. <laughs> but if it's really extreme, and it hardly ever happens, to be honest, but yeah. 
if it is and it's just like off the scale against what I think, then I would unfollow. But I totally respect people's opinions. Mm. I do. That's fine. Um, But one thing I did during COVID was I took Facebook off my phone. Um, I didn't come off Facebook. I didn't delete my profile or anything like that. But because I always talk about having an OCD type personality, I have got that type of personality. I've not been diagnosed with OCD, um, you know, because I do want to respect people that have been diagnosed because I've got a girl that I follow and we chat and, you know, I, I don't have um, clinical OCD. But what I will say is I do recognise traits of my personality that are um, a bit, basically obsessive so if uh when i've got a, an app on my phone if there's a notification there jenna i'm the type of person i need to clear that out i need to clear that out i can't have outstanding notifications it's just what i'm like everything needs to be organized and he's cleared out so when i had facebook on my phone i mean jesus fuck man you're getting notifications for people trying a fried egg for their breakfast it is just ridiculous so I was constantly on my um, phone, you know, because I was being drawn to it. Again, my problem, not blaming them girls, totally my problem. I recognise that as my problem, though. So that was why I then took Facebook off my phone. But see, when I took Facebook off my phone, I actually started to forget mm-hmm. that, that I had Facebook. I was forgetting that I had Facebook, so I wasn't going on it at all. And then all of a sudden... A week had passed and I was like, oh my God, I've not been on Facebook. I feel pure amazing for not being <laughs> I actually feel like, oh my God, so liberated that I've done this. So that was, that was like an epiphany. Honestly, I, ke- I deleted it from my phone. It kept me away from it. I still now, I need to go to my iPad now, but that's a bigger deal. I don't walk about with my iPad in my pocket or in my bag. Yeah. I need to be in the house and going, all right, I need to go to the iPad to look at Facebook, which now I'll do maybe once every couple of days. I do still go on it. I'm hardly on it for any length of time because Facebook hasn't shown me anything. I think it must be because I'm not on it or liking anything when I go on it. Like I'm just seeing the same stuff all the time. Um, So, but that was, that was a huge thing for me, taking Facebook away from my sort of everyday life. And I still have of my Instagram um, so yeah it's it makes a huge difference to your well-being limiting stuff that's maybe you no know, making you feel great whatever so that was something that I did to um, yeah. you know just eliminate it from my life being constantly you know attracted to it because of these I mean normal people don't see a notification and go alright I'll get that later you know I think you'll find the I think you'll find that most people are, oh, there's a notification and you get it. Oh, there's like, I, I keep my phone on silent. Can't for some reason switch vibration off on it. So as soon as I hear my phone vibrate, I'm like, what yeah. is that? Oh, what is it? It's like, it's, it's Pavlo's dog, man. It's changing. <laughs> oh, totally. I totally agree. You see, when I'm sitting here, by the way, that's just by the way, I don't know if you can see it, but I'm sitting here talking to you and I don't know how many messages have flashed up on my phone after my rant about the <laughs> Jesus, I don't want Maybe to. Nicola Sturgeon's contacted you because you did put a call out if you wanted to speak to her. <laughs> oh, God, could you imagine that? I've got Nicola Sturgeon on the phone for you. Uh, you want 
Victor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you him. Listen, you need to work for him. We need to buy COVID tests with Cal Paul. All right? <laughs> oh, jeez, man. He's, um, I'll be on the news tonight, Jen. <laughs> but I can't be because I've got to go and see somebody about getting a new bathroom at six o'clock, so I can't be. Uh, but, oh man, aye, let's just say Dubai. Yeah, what were we saying? Totally <laughs> yeah. That's a really, it's a really good tip for anybody who does find themselves constantly looking at their phone or being drawn to that notification. Delete the app off your phone so that it's a more conscious decision to go to your laptop or your your things that that's what I had to do I deleted the app I stopped notifications first of all then I deleted the app I've now deleted my Facebook account oh have you totally and see, oh. every level was oh I feel so much better oh I feel so much better oh my god I feel free no, no. and that's the thing you realize nobody gives a fuck nobody cares if you're on Facebook or even Instagram or whatever nobody cares it's up to you mm. You know, I think you need to kind of have that thought to yourself as well. It was like, you know, I've, I've been off um, Facebook now on my phone for... So I'm not, like, liking MD's posts or anything because I'm not seeing them. Um, but three or four months, Nebdy's, like, messaged me going, eh, hello. Hey, what's right. <laughs> Nebdy, I mean, dad was in a I'm a set that messaged me like that's to be accepted that's to be you know expected he's my dad but I mean really oh I'm not nobody gives a shit I think you think as well if you're no there and no liking or loving posts that you know the Facebook police might come and get you and lock you up they don't (laughs) and your life is free you have got more time to scroll through Instagram (laughs) (laughs) Facebook go on the Instagram that's where it's all Oh, yeah, I have I've switched my notifications off for Instagram and I'll go on it in the morning, but I tend not to scroll. I'll maybe scroll down two or three posts and then it's like, oh, there's the first ad, another two posts, there's the second ad. Oh, I can't be bothered with that. I'll look at stories. <laughs> and I, I watch, sto- I'll sit stories on and I'll watch it while I'm pottering about doing other things like people put do, do the news or the telly or whatever. Um, just, I mean, for me, it's Instagram stories. I'm nosing into other folks' lives. Yeah, I'm the same. I've got limited my Instagram, but, um, and I, I do get messages on Instagram, but it's a different type of connection than Instagram. Yeah. I feel totally different. I would say the majority of my followers are female. I've got a huge, um, like, connection with people that are similar to me, women, middle-aged, hate that label, right? But I like to just admit what I am. I realised realize yesterday that I was middle-aged. I still think my mum and dad has been middle-aged and I'm like, well, hang on a wee minute. I'm 40, that makes me middle-aged. Oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> Is that alright? I, I do not like, but it gets used. So I'm like, fine, I'm happy to admit it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's, I, those people, they're the kind of people that message me. So, and it's because they're relating to stuff and because I'm passionate about just telling it how it is, what you see is what you all of that type of thing. These are people that I want to be having conversations with, you know, and giving my opinion and they say theirs and whatever. And it's all very, it's just not more about connections, I feel, on Instagram. I'm all about connecting, um, you know, with, the, with your tribe and all of that type of stuff to coin a yeah. phrase. Um, but... It's just, it's far more enjoyable to be messaging people that you're connecting with than Facebook. I just think, 
I find it fully bams, to be honest. You know, you get people, you're like, you're just a bam. Um, you know, no offence to anybody that's on Facebook. I am still on it, but I just feel like get that on it. I think people remember more that you're a person when they're messaging you because generally it's a private message or they're commenting on something. I think in Facebook, for some reason, it's easier to forget that when you're posting a comment, that you're posting a comment on a person's post because some people are really nasty with some of their comments and you're like, do you know that you're speaking to a person there? (laughs) The way that that tone, like maybe somebody's asked a question because they felt like they don't understand something that's going on in the world and people just snagged comments back instead of saying, well, why don't you not look at this or why don't you not look at that and being pleasant about it, they just nasty. Facebook is more of a dog-eat-dog, yeah, I totally agree with you. Mm. That. You see loads of people, keyboard warriors, I don't like that at all. Um, one of the things that was really affecting me mentally on Facebook were people posting information about COVID that wasn't factual because, you know, I was one of those people that that read it to death. I shouldn't have done that to stop myself from everything that I could find on, you know, the actual disease and all the rest of it. But people just posting stuff that wasn't factual. According to the Scottish government, that's what I'll say, right? You know, because even they don't know what the facts are. Nicola Sturgeon's yeah. quite open about that. You know, she can only yeah. report what she knows. But even based on what they were saying, people were, you know, giving their own view on it and whatever. And again, I don't have an issue with people having their opinion, but I just had to step back for it. It wasn't healthy for me, you know. So, again, that was another reason, you know, apart from keyboard warriors, it, it was that whole... Yeah. And people just scroll past it, and I'm like, but you've already read it by the time you're scrolling past it. You need to read it to scroll past it. So it's like, no, I'll just go read it, right? I'm done. I'm done here. Um <laughs> Hopefully, you know, I'll maybe go back to Facebook. I don't know. But I love Instagram too much. People are always saying to me, oh, you need to get on TikTok because me and Lola do loads of daft stuff. But I'm not being drawn to TikTok either because I just feel there's much more originality to be had just on doing your own thing and putting it out there rather than, you know, getting involved with TikTok. Plus, I just don't want to add any more social media. (laughs) No more apps. I'm already done in brain. I'm not adding more yet. I think Instagram just brought out recently their reels thing, which is their answer to to. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I'm like, how is it different for stories? How is it different for people? I don't get it. I don't get it. So I just ignore it. Totally. I'm coming up, and I'm like, I just don't understand this, and it's annoying me that I don't get it. But. But now I've just thought, no, nah, I'm sticking to what I know. I like my Instagram. It works fine for me. I'm just sticking to my Instagram and stories. I'm not even getting involved in news. Wait till you see next week, I'll be. Amazing. Um, right, we've done about an hour. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? No, not at all, honestly. Nothing. I've really enjoyed this chat. I'm glad that it just went the way that it did. And, you know, we just talked the stuff that we talked about. You know, I don't, I've got nothing to promote. I've got, you know, I'm just, um, thank you so much for having me. I want to say that it's a massive compliment. I'm so grateful that you gave me the opportunity. Sharing your banter. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, it was not that good. (laughs) 
honest, John. It was, it was. I'll let him put your Instagram handle in the show notes as well. And this will be out on Monday. This Monday oh, coming. Right, and I will share it um, on my stories as well. Obviously, that I had to be chatty and people can um, come and have a listen to more of my chat if they're not already. <laughs> But yeah, I will always share that. Thanks so much, my lovely. No worries. Thanks very much for being on. No problem. All right. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And remember to leave a review and subscribe over on iTunes or SoundCloud. And check out what's going on at IamJenWilson.com or head over to Instagram and give us a follow. Just following IamJenWilson.